0: Welcome back to today's Monday podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and I'm so excited because I have a special guest with me today. You want to come in? I'm not a special guest. (gasps) How dare you? I'm your co-host. Oh, yes. That actually is better. That's a uh, greater spot to be in. My special co-host, Ashley Krause. Now, today we are going to be doing just a little bit of housekeeping. Number one. This is the fourth episode in our mini-series on That Is Not My Job, okay? And if you tuned in last week, then you know we talked about Martha and Mary. Shout out to you, Martha and Mary. You taught us all a lot of lessons about life and about how it's not our job to do everything, but it's our job to take the next step. So if you feel like you struggle with doing everything and finding your worth in everything, things you do and your accomplishments, then might I recommend you check out the last episode. But also we wanted to to let you guys know that in the ending of our last podcast, we gave you guys a code that gets you 10% off your first month of an online counseling. Now this online counseling is with Christian counselors. They are licensed counselors. It's reputable. Our mom uses it. It's Faithful Counseling. But if you wanna get ten percent off your first month, then you just type into Google getFaithful dot com slash coffee and bible time. And it's literally all online. Yeah. So you 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 can call your counselor or you can video chat if you wanna see her in person or him in person. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that you don't have to leave your house to get counseling mm-hmm. and let me tell you counseling changed my life so yeah it's worth say, uh uh-huh it's also cheaper than traditional in-person counseling so if you've been wanting to do counseling you're a little apprehensive then feel free to do it online you can pick your counselor it's just overall great experience but now this week we are going to be making an episode on it is not our job to please everyone it's our job to speak truth now, this is going to be an extremely wild ride. And why do I say that? Well, because I feel like I might be speaking to a room full of people pleasers. And I'm at the forefront of it. Okay? I'm just going to let you guys all know right now that I am a, I wouldn't say severe people pleaser, but I do not like confrontation. Okay? And when you speak truth, you're making a lot of room for confrontation And it makes people uncomfortable. The truth makes people feel uncomfortable. I'll tell you what, sometimes the truth makes me feel uncomfortable, especially if my sister confronts me. Can you give me a, uh, can you let me know if that's true? She's nodding. She's nodding. It's a, a, let's just say you don't want to be there when someone confronts me. I take it personally. Um, But today we're going to be talking about why it is our job to not please people, but it's our job to speak truth. Now, traditionally, we... Do focus a little bit on why it's not our job to do things in these podcast series. We've been talking more, focusing more on why it's not our job. But today we wanted to focus more on why it is our job to speak truth because I think that this is such an important topic to talk about truth speaking um, because we don't do that a lot in our society, okay? At least not in the world. Maybe at church we speak truth, but when it comes to outside those church doors, we struggle. Um, so now I wanted to ask Ashley, let me know. I mean, granted, I know this, about kind of people because I'm her sister, but you don't know this. Ashley, <clears throat> do you struggle with people pleasing and in what areas of your life do you struggle with it? Yes, I struggle with people pleasing. I don't know if I've ever met anyone who doesn't. Well, I mean, there are those few people who are just... Psychopaths. No, they're living their own life. They're confident. And like, I remember being on missions trips and there are those few people who literally could say anything and they wouldn't care what somebody would think. True. Sometimes it was destructive, but sometimes it was very truthful and needed. Mm -hmm. Um. So yes, I struggle with people pleasing, but in what areas of this, mainly, like I said in one of our past podcasts in the area of I don't want to hurt people and so instead of hurting people like to try to avoid that I'll people please and I'll just do whatever that person wants or I will try to do make my actions pleasing to them and not be honest and do you know take care of myself or anything like that um when it comes to speaking truth I feel like I'm back and forth. Mm -hmm. There are times where I can confidently speak the truth, like especially if I really feel passion within me. Mm -hmm. And like if I see somebody else being hurt or somebody who needs somebody else to speak truth for them, I will in a heartbeat because there's something inside of me that's like they need someone to stand up for them. It's hard in the moment, but it's worth it. Like looking back at those moments where I spoke truth Mm -hmm. to help somebody else, it it, it was so worth it. Um, And I can also speak truth a lot at home with my family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just being the person that I am, I will. I'm a one on the Enneagram, so I'm a very do right type of person and if I see somebody else not doing that I'll say something Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to like friendships and stuff I like actually my friends at school encouraged me and said that I'm really good at speaking truth to people. Wow. I know and I was like are you kidding me? You know maybe you're just a harsher critic on yourself. I am a harsher critic. I don't I I definitely see moments where I'm scared though. Yeah. I'm I'm am a people pleaser and I don't speak the truth. So mm-hmm. I obviously it's something I work on. Yeah, and you know what for me I feel like what I struggle with is giving <sighs> speaking truth when people ask me for advice. And, you know, here's the thing. People don't really ask me for advice. And you might, you might hear this. Well, people might say, ask for prayer, but what I feel like people mostly do is they vent to you their problems and they leave room for space for you to voice your opinion over it. But a lot of times they're looking for a type of advice that is more comforting than it is... Truth speaking truth and so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll gauge a situation and I'll be like how open are they to really hearing truth right now and if I feel like they aren't then I just hold back and if I feel like they are then I let it rip okay and my question for that is it's truth so is there should you hold it back You know what, Ashley, I don't like it when you put me on the spot like this, okay? No. I mean, that's a good question to ask. It's, no, I, and you know what, the reason why I was going to say that is the reason why I'm gauging it, it's not for the right reasons. The reasons why I would be gauging it is because I fear either them getting hurt by by truth, and which overall in the end leaves them for not a lot of room to grow because truth forces people to grow, even if it's uncomfortable. So I, I hold it back in fear that they will be hurt. And then I also hold back in, in, in trying to shield myself from backlash. It's selfish motivations, really. It's not, I mean, when I look at the motivations, I see that it's not right why I would be holding truth back. And you know what, there are times and situations where I feel like people need comfort
1: Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Well, I was going to say that
0: I think there are times when you discern in the situation and they're not willing to accept truth. Like maybe you've tried in the past Mm -hmm. and, and you are praying and discerning that that moment maybe isn't the best and they won't accept it. I think that it does come with a lot of discernment and prayer because who are we to say somebody else shouldn't hear truth or should but i think that it comes with discernment like the bible verse don't throw pearls at pigs yes there are times when people do not and you know in that situation they're they they're not going to take this truth Mm. they are not going to take it and it's like why even i'm going to say this it might sound mean but waste your time if they're not going to take it, or if it's going to cause an argument, or if it's going to—that's what that Bible verse means. Yeah, and there are moments where truth needs to be said, and and I, and you can't use this as a scapegoat every right. time. But really, there it—it's it, discernment. There are going to be moments where you're going to discern it's not the time. Mm-hmm. And you know what I feel like when you say that I think of the times where Paul is preaching to different places and he always starts off by speaking truth. That that is never not an option for him to hold back truth of the gospel, gospel of Christ. And then it's afterwards when the backlash comes and when things get bad that he, he, notices did, not right, he notices they're not going to listen. Right. He notices they're not going to change their mind, their their hearts are hardened, that he discerns in that situations that it's a pearl with pigs moment and that he's going to dust off his shoes and he's going to move on. But that doesn't mean he's going to not stop speaking truth to other people. If he has hard times with one group, he's going to keep going. And you know what I'll say for me, I had an experience where I had a friend that I was close with growing up and, and I was just not, I mean, I was trying to speak truth into her life, but I was speaking it in a way that she felt like I wasn't, I didn't understand her situation and it felt insensitive that I was speaking truth. She felt like I was being insensitive of of her emotions and only focusing on the Bible. And she was like, she was more of like, I need to do an appeal to her emotions type of person, but I didn't do that. And I went more the route of trying to give her Bible verses, trying to tell her to grow closer to God and all these things. And it actually drove a wedge between us and we're not friends anymore because of this. It was me speaking not too much truth, but I was doing it. In a way that honestly repelled her. But the thing is, is she wasn't looking for truth, and I didn't know that at the time. I th- honestly, when I was looking at truth, I was like, "This is medicine. This is gonna help you." And she took it as, "This is not what I want. This is not what I want in a friendship right now. I don't want truth. I don't want to be sharpened in that way." And so we haven't been friends since. And I don't know where she is at now in life, but looking back, I can see how. I didn't spend a lot of time in prayer and discernment and asking God, how can I be the best light for this person? I kind of just went at it and went ham all at once, and it just ended up blowing up my face. And that same thing happened to me, and I think that happens to a lot of people. And there is also—there comes a time in a friendship when you have a friend that's going in a different direction than you, walking— like Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who, who delights in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. And then it contrasts that with the way of the wicked and how they're sitting with scoffers, standing in the way of wicked. Um, they're following, honestly, the world's way. And it's a contrast. And here's the thing, you're either walking in God's way or you're not. And if you see a friend that's not walking in God's way and you gently tell them that they're not and they don't listen to you time and time again, it's time to reconsider that friendship because you become who you surround yourself with. And so to all you guys who've had to let go of a friend because they're not walking in God's way, I commend you for that. And I just want to say, like, if you have any guilt from that, I, I just want to commend you and say that. You did the right thing. Walking in God's way is worth it, even if sometimes you have to let go of old friendships. And you know what? What I want to say to that too is I feel like this is a common theme with speaking truth and then a friendship dying out is the person who speaks truth tends to feel guilty. They feel like, oh, I must have done something wrong if they're they're leaving me. But I feel like, well, and you know what? There are situations... In which you can speak truth in a loving way and that's good. And then there is also times when maybe we speak truth in not a loving way. And then there needs to be a point of conviction and repentance with that apologies. Um, but if you feel like you did it in a way that was loving and kindness and you're feeling guilt, God wants to re- release that from you. Okay. Because you're delighting yourself in the word of God. And, and there are people that are repelled by that and there are people that don't want to do, yeah they don't want to hear that okay and so that's just a fact of life um but speaking of the difference between someone delighting in the word and the ways of the world we wanted to read to you guys John 17 13 through 18 i'm going to have Ashley read that for you because she has it open in her bible esv version ladies no that's not this isn't esv it's not esv oh it's csb mm-hmm. sorry guys you know what I just need to apologize to you, Ashley. Okay. Um, it's a new verse- Bible. Normally, she does do ESV, though. I can do ESV oh, if you go- want. Girl, go ahead. Okay, CSB. Now, I oh, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. In the context of this is that he is praying for his disciples. Amen. Speak that context to him. Okay, so verse 13. Now, I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that... They may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. How many verses do you want me to read? That was it. Did I want you to read 18? No, 18, read 18 too. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Okay, so now the reason why I picked this verse out is specifically, I just feel like this entire passage speaks in a way to us today. Now, it was written for his disciples. That's the direct context. But if you go into the next section, Jesus says, this is my prayer, not for them alone. I also pray this for all those who believe in me. So this we can also apply this message to us. And Jesus is actually saying this. He's speaking to God in this moment. And he says that, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. And what I love about this is that It's the same for us. We have God's word, and God's word is truth. When we go to God's word, and then we therefore speak the truth that we read in God's word, the world is not going to like it. Jesus says in that passage, the world is going to hate you. This is a fact. If you read the gospels, you see that Jesus was hated with a passion by everyone. Then you go into Acts, and the disciples are going out and preaching to all the nations, Gentiles, Jews, and everybody hated them for that too. And the, the thing is, is is that as much as we, I want to sit here and be like, you can speak truth in three easy steps and no one's going to hate you. And like, everyone's going to love it. That's just not the way it is. And Jesus says it plain, plain and simple in this verse. And then he goes on to say that, we are not of the world any more than he is of the world. And the reason why that is so profound is because for people who have been adopted into Christ, people who have accepted Jesus and are living for him and have been transformed by the word, he has opened our eyes and revealed to us his truth. And it's not weird to us. It just comes naturally because we have the Holy Spirit living within us and we delight in his truth. And for us, it is medicine and it is healing to our soul. But that's because now that we are adopted into Christ's family, we aren't of this world. And Jesus says, just like he is not of this world, we aren't of this world. And the thing is, when we think of Jesus, I feel like it's obvious for us to be like, oh, Jesus isn't of this world. I mean, he's not here today. He's the son of God, he is complete, completely God, but I mean, also completely human, but he's not of this world. And then when we think of us, it's easy for us to just be like, oh, we're humans. Like we live in this world, um, day to day life. Sometimes it feels like life is going by slow, especially in quarantine. Like we feel the pains of being completely human. Like when we cut ourselves, when we feel pain, when we feel sorrow, it feels like we're completely human. And the, the profoundness of this verse is that Jesus ropes us in with him. When he's talking to God, he says that my disciples are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. We're, we're different. We're different than the world now. And Ashley always like, I want to quote Ashley because she's always like, we're aliens. Like she just yells that around the house and, and all these times that we feel different because of Christ. It's because we are aliens. We aren't of this world anymore. The world hates God's truth. We love God's truth. We we aren't a part of this world. We're different in that sense. Ashley, did you pull something up? Because I really want to hear what you said. Oh, gosh. I won't. I'm not prepared for this. I was reading a book last night, and I'm trying to think of the book. Let me go to my hoopla account.
1: Hoopla.
0: <laughs> hoopla <laughs> the sacred enneagram which is a Christian enneagram book Stop. yeah it's really good and he said here are like top three lies that we believe I am what I have I am what I do I am what other people say or think about me wow. and I feel like all those are really tied to this world yes. I am what I have And I was even thinking about myself because yesterday I went through my whole closet and all the clothes that I tried on and thinking like, this will make me feel beautiful. Or like when other people see me wear this, they'll see like, I'm really awesome. (laughs) Um, But that's just an example of I am what I have. you're laughing, but I get that. I am what I have. Or like even like, you know, like your car, your house, your education. Mm -hmm. What do you have? I am what I do, which I mean, anytime we introduce ourselves to people, we say, Oh, I'm Ashley. I'm a college student. I'm a college student. I'm a YouTuber. I'm an XYZ and it immediately shows, okay, your f- things that I do. You're putting your identity in what you do and then I am what other people say or think about me. You're putting your roots again in the world into what other people are <laughs> saying think about you. And and if we're if we really want to be living otherworldly, we need to come back to these and 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 remind ourselves like I I'm not what I have, I'm not what I do, and I'm not what others say or think about me. And when you live in that mentality, you're not gonna be you're gonna you're not gonna be living in the fear of what if I speak tr- truth truth to, to this person, what will they think or say about me? Like where will my identity be when this person doesn't like me? And the thing is is that when you're living otherworldly, you're having your roots in God's kingdom and not in this kingdom. And and will things hurt still absolutely cuz we're human. Mm-hmm. But it won't destroy us cuz our identity is not in this world. It's in Christ in that what he says we are, yeah. children of God. So if I speak truth to someone and they hate me after that, yes, it will sting. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're human. But if my roots are in Christ, I'll come back to the fact that I'm still his child. Mm-hmm. I am still his daughter. He loves me. Yeah. And you know what? The more you're rooted in Christ, the less your fear of man becomes. Yeah. And it's it's just a fact. The more you put your identity in Christ, the less you care about what people think of you. And you see this in And some of the past Christians that have come before us, their love and zeal for Christ and just how much they spent in God's word correlated with how fiercely they spoke truth into the world. It was, I mean, fear was at the lowest uh, level of concern on their list. They didn't care. And the next verse, oh, you want to say? Say something. I was just going to say, I was thinking of the first martyr, Stephen. And his zeal for Christ and how he just like unashamed, unashamedly stood up for Christ. And he was the first martyr Mm -hmm. and how he was just out there being stoned, but he had the joy of the Lord. And in that moment, he went to glory with the Lord and it was all worth it. And it's just like he was literally living otherworldly, like even death to him. It was no sting. Like, isn't that insane? I feel like that's like the example we need to live by. That is otherworldly. Like when even death is not something to cripple you with fear, you know? Yep. Um, and interestingly enough, the next verse, Jesus said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And what I love about that is just the simple fact that Jesus, okay, first of all, Jesus acknowledges that the world hates us, okay? That's just a fact. The second thing that I love is that he says, my prayer is not that you take us out of the world. It's not like we, we we, we oh, beep, boop, when we become Christians, we don't float up to heaven, okay? It's not the end of our life when we become believers in Christ. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of a sanctification process, becoming more like Christ and going out into the world and speaking truth. Jesus says, when you become a Christian, I ain't taking you out. Heck to the no. Listen, I'll pray on behalf of you and God's going to protect you from the evil one. And the more you're rooted in him and the more you're, you're living in, in his truth and his spirit, you, Your fear grows less and you care less about the things. Like exactly like what Ashley said, Stephen was martyred. But the thing is, is that he found joy in dying for Christ. That's one of the greatest joys. And I think of all the people that were so fiercely living for God and died for him, they're whole life is such a powerful testimony to the rest of us who feel like we're of this world, like who feel like we're struggling with life just to take a step back and to completely and fully root ourselves in God and remind ourselves, this is why I'm here. My life is to glorify God. And speaking truth is a part of that. It's something that we can't get out of. But I want to end this by saying that in verse 17, Jesus said, says sanctify them by the truth your word is truth as you have sent me into the world i send them into the world and the thing is the more we read god's word the more sanctified we're going to become and right now we're scared when we think about speaking truth we're scared because we've been dipping our toe in the in the waters of this world and we we have this fear of man that we're holding on to because we feel like somehow giving a place of fear of man is going to help give us comfort. Well, if we have this fear of man, then I'll belong in society and people won't treat me badly and people won't treat me poorly. But when we truly begin to sanctify ourselves by the word. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not us trying hard when we're reading our Bible. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So don't feel pressure like, oh, I need to read the Bible and be changed. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. When we come to God in prayer and we say, change me by your word, Mm -hmm. he's going to do that. God wants to transform your life. That's exactly why Jesus said, I'm not going to take you out of this world. When you become a follower of me, your life begins. Your your real life, your rooted life in me begins. You're going to be sanctified. And, and when Jesus left, he says, I'm sending you into the world. That's our call as disciples, not just the disciples that were with him then. We're all disciples now as followers of Christ. And it's our call to be sent out into the world and to speak truth. Disciples making disciples. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, that was that was good truth. And it's a challenge for all of us to, we're speaking truth to you. So we're encouraging all of you to go speak truth to somebody that God has put in your life. It doesn't necessarily mean like like the goal isn't to convict someone or to tell them they're sinning. The goal is literally to pray and to say, Lord, who have you put in my life that you want me to speak truth to? Who do you want me to share the gospel to? Who do you want me to love and encourage today? Every day is a chance to share the truth of Jesus Christ with someone. And so, whether that's through a letter, sending it in the mail, or an email, or a text message, or calling up somebody on the phone, or even walking over to your neighbor's house, I don't know what, I don't know what God is going to put onto your heart today, but I want to encourage you to live otherworldly today, live in God's kingdom. Start your day off with seeking Him in the Word, being sanctified by the Word, and let that convict you and encourage you to go share truth with others. I mean, that's the practical application here. It's not to just listen to this podcast and, and go on with your day doing everything the same. It's it's going to be, I hope and pray for you, a convicting moment of, okay, I'm going to turn to the word of God now. I want to be sanctified by God's word. And then from there speaking truth into other people's lives. And so that's what we're going to end the podcast on today. And we're praying for you guys. We want to see, um, honestly, more disciples, disciples making disciples. And that's what Jesus wants too. And so that's our prayer for you is that you would continue disciple making and seeking the Lord. Amen, Ashley. Couldn't have ended it better. So we'll see you guys next week on our last episode of our podcast mini series, which just went by so fast. But if you guys have been impacted by this podcast, we encourage you to share it with a friend. Um, Our podcast is completely grassroots, okay, baby? We aren't doing ads for this puppy. We just um, ask that you guys share this with a friend if it's impacted you and made a positive impact in your life. That's That's how we grow. That's how we are able to continue making podcasts is just by you guys sharing with your friends and having explosive spiritual growth among you and your camaraderies. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next
1: week on our last episode of the Manny series. Bye.